Welcome to Planet Surgery, a medical podcast by Baxter Advanced Surgery Team. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast series of Baxter. Insights into the world of surgeons, surgery and perioperative practitioners across Europe. My name is Iris Kaleinhase and I'm the medical manager for Advanced Surgery Benelux in Germany at Baxter. At Baxter, our vision is to be a global, innovative leader in the operating room, providing solutions that improve patient outcomes and enhances lives. Baxter's podcast program is a new way for you to hear from colleagues across the world. Today, I have the pleasure to interview Dr. Jochen Tüttenberg. Dr. Tüttenberg is the head of the Department of Neurosurgery of the Ida Oberstein Hospital in Germany. Considering his broad expertise in neuro-oncology and management of patients with complex pathologies, he is a valuable member of a German expert group that developed a novel hemostasis algorithm for cranial neurosurgery. Today, Dr. Tüttenberg will give us a short introduction to the aspects around bleeding and cranial neurosurgery, the work of the expert group, and the results of their work that soon will be published. So, I'm very happy to welcome you, Dr. Tüttenberg. Thank you, Iris, very much for the invitation to um, give my insights uh, in developing the um, bleeding scale and the hemostasis algorithm. Thank you, Dr. Tüttenberg. How did you and the group uh, get the idea to develop a hemostasis algorithm? We met in an advisory board um, from the company Baxter and uh, we discussed about bleeding in neurosurgery and during that we found out that there is actually no bleeding scale applicable to neurosurgery. There is already a, a bleeding scale for from the general surgeons which is the wipe scales and um, inspired by that we developed our own neurosurgical bleeding scale This is very interesting. So I understand it correctly that the group saw the need to develop a neurosurgery-specific bleeding scale. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. As I said, there is already a bleeding scale for the general and visceral surgeons called the VIBE scale. The VIBE scale is already used from the FDA for the registration of hemostatic products, but there is no comparable bleeding scale in neurosurgery. In neurosurgery, the bleeding problem is completely different than in other surgical departments since the space in the brain is um, limited and in neurosurgery, even small amounts of blood can cause neurological deficits or even other uh, impairments. So would you tell our audience how a U-bleeding scale is built? After quite extensive discussions within the group, um, we developed a bleeding scale loosely based on the VIBE scale. We divided our scale into four grades. Grade zero is no bleeding. Grade one is bleeding stoppable with simple physical means. That means little compression or just saline. We divided grade two 
into A and B, since it is important in neurosurgery to distinguish between eloquent and non-eloquent areas. Grade 2A is a bleeding in a non-eloquent area and grade B in an eloquent area. Grade 3 means local bleeding with immediate hemostasis required. And grade 4 means a diffuse bleeding where immediate hemostasis is required. So Dr. Tüttenberg, this bleeding scale is built quite simple, but actually based on specific neurosurgical requirements. Is there also a specific treatment that you linked to the bleeding grades? Since our group is quite experienced, um, we have all more than 20 years spend it in neurosurgery and um, all of us are in a leading position in our departments. Um, so first of all, we discussed our own experiences with hemostasis in the brain. And then we thought, okay, let's look up the literature. And um, we did a very extensive literature research and um, All of us scanned numerous papers, but what came out at the end is that there is nearly no evidence for any material on the market that is used for, uh, for intracranial hemostasis. Thus, we had to create a hemostasis algorithm based on our own experience. We linked the different grades um, of the bleeding scale to different sources of bleeding in the brain surgery, like the venous sinus, the dura, the parenchyma, the tumor, bone, and soft tissue. And depending on the different grades, we recommended different materials that can be used to stop the bleeding. So the origin of a bleeding in neurosurgery is an important factor in the treatment of specific bleeds? Exactly. And since the design of the hemostasic algorithm is quite complex, we only used generic names of the material you, we recommend to use. So finally, with the help of Baxter, we identified nearly every material which is approved by the EMA and the FDA, and we put it, them all together in table. Dr. Tüttenberg, in your product overview linked to the hemostasis algorithm, did you distinguish between different product groups? Oh yes, indeed, we did. We, um, for, uh, we distinguished between gelatin, which is, by the way, the only product that has a class A evidence-based level in hemostasis. But we also looked at fibrin sealant, coated patches, oxidized, cellu oxidized cellulose, flowables, collagen, thrombin, and others. And by using these products, you always have to keep in mind at which step of the coagulation cascade the different products interfere. Looking at the 
coagulation cascade, it is important to divide the products into passive and active mechanism. This systematic differentiation of hemostatic products into passive or more mechanical and active agents can help in choosing the right product for a specific intensity of bleeding. While passive hemostatic products only provide a physical structure for platelet activation, their mechanism of action fully relies on the patient's ability to generate clotting factors. Passive hemostats may not be effective in patients with impaired coagulation status or across all bleeding types. In contrast, active hemostats either participate at the end of the coagulation cascade and bypass the initial steps of the clotting cascade or act actively seal the tissue surface to promote hemostasis. Active hemostats are effective regardless of the patient's coagulation and across a broader range, a broader range of bleeding grades. Does this systematic differentiation of hemostatic agents means that you cannot use all products in the suggested bleeding grades from your bleeding scale? Yes, exactly. Especially in grade 4 bleeding or in patients with impaired coagulation status, it is important to recognize that you should use only active hemostatic agents to stop the bleeding. The passive material probably don't work in these situations. Thank you very much for explaining the bleeding scale and the hemostasis algorithm to us. Can I ask you, what is your goal for these tools? The hemostasis algorithm presents an additional opportunity in that it can be used as a kind of learning tool for inexperienced neurosurgeons to close the experience gap and augment an objective training setup for upcoming colleagues. But it is also worth putting the economic aspects into the context. On the one hand, there might be no need to use advanced products if they are not yet indicated. But on the other hand, in the instance of a more severe cranial bleeding, wasting ineffective products is also inefficient as opposed to choosing the most effective hemostatic agents right away. So to summarize, Dr. Tüttenberg, this hemostasis algorithm is a recommendation for neurosurgeons in their decision-making process to use hemostatic agents effectively to reduce surgery time and economical costs. That's exactly what it is meant for. Thank you very much, Dr. Tüttenberg, for this interesting interview. It was a pleasure to talk to you about the special concerns regarding bleeding in cranial neurosurgery and how to face and solve those bleeding events. I'm looking forward to learn more about these aspects through the publication of the expert group. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And to the audience, 
please contact us for any feedback or questions. And if you want to be our next speaker, by clicking on the Contact Us button on this web page. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget to come back to us in two weeks time to listen to our new episode.